So I, um, oh, hello, welcome to Fallout Podcast episode 93. It's a Halloween special. Gather around the campfire as we read some of our favourite weird tales. Fall related, of course. And without further ado, let's hear something from the man himself. The most merciful thing in the world is man's inability to correlate all of his mind's contents. But the sciences one day, some say it is already upon us, will eventually open up such terrifying vistas of reality that we'll either go mad from the revelation or flee into blissful sleep, peace and safety of another new dark age. I'm Mark Edward Smith. These words are H.P. Lovecraft's. We give you the horror in clay. Cornwall. It's slight accent into C.C. Sheffield, Cornwall. So start with some spooky stuff, though. That is the uh, track off the beginning of the post Neely month. Um, called the Horror and Clay, which is, a, of course, the beginning of H.P. Lovecraft's story, The Call of Cthulhu. This is a futile fall showdown. Ed- Eldritch Gibbous, an unutterable, and <laughs> joined, uh, as always, by Pip, William Billy Pip Rugby. How are you doing, Pip? Ooh, feeling all spooky. Ooh. <laughs> out as well that we're getting photobombed at the moment by some kind of influence that seems to have penetrated the uh, recording environment. The vibrations are strong. Lord Sage Temple of Doom, how are you, Ezra? Good start, isn't it? It's <laughs> well, I'm well, but a figure looms behind me. I was noticing that. Is there a ghost in your house? There's a there's a cage in my house. Oh dear. Spectre versus rectum. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Silence of the Lambs, isn't it? Um, Pemberton Shamalan Walker. What twists have you got in, in the store for us tonight, Alistair? Yeah, it's the usual bullshit, I think. I don't expect any more. Marky Tiny Tim Twatwa over on the other side. He has sent some things over. And I'm Hellenic Void 32. Joined by some special guests. Leon Jumblesale. Leon, it's been many, many years. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to getting to some full terror. Rich seams, isn't it? And joined by enemy of the show, Froze Ouija Boy. How are you doing, Froze? Terrible. <laughs> Have you bothered turning up for this? Thought we just agreed um, you would never show your face again. I was, I'm a, a glutton for punishment. <laughs> so one of the first things we're going to do is a ranking of terror, a ranking Roger of terror. So I've made this kind of a tier, a tier system thing. And I'm going to play some songs. And I'm going to ask you about how spooky they are. Before we get to that, I'm going to put some dishonorable mentions. These were sp- spooky songs that people kind of listed. I asked people on the uh, social medias and uh, Many, many people. Pittsville Direct, Pumpkin Head, Pumpkin Super Mashed Potato, Craigness, Gross Chapel, Billy's Dead, Don't Call Me Darling, Succession Man, An Older Lover, Sleep Debt Snatches, although there's some controversy there, and this day, pre-MDMA years, Chillinism and the theme from Sparta FC. Anyone want to uh, say why any of those are spooky or not? I think I went for theme for Sparta FC, and it, it, the rationale behind that was that uh, reality is much more frightening than uh, fiction. And, yeah, being caught up by uh, football hooligans. No, I don't like the idea of that. That's pretty frightening. Interesting. It was, it was actually the only song you voted for. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I voted uh, I'm a Mummy as well. They're all terrifying to the I, I, 
we were we were talking in the chat, weren't we, about how we were going to... I think me and Ezra had a, were having a, a slight conversation about this in terms of what we were picking up for. I was thinking a couple of criteria, if it mentioned a monster, and then the other thing for me was if I could imagine it in a horror film, you know, like the whole hit priest scenario. For me, horror is a big one. I'm an enormous fan of horror fiction, horror movies. You know, my the way I interpreted the brief was... Because I feel like it's very, very subjective, you know, especially when you get into music, like what is scary music? It's very subjective and it's probably a lot about the context and the way you're feeling when you hear the music. And so I was going for songs that have disturbed me. And so that's why ones which might be obvious to most people, and I would say maybe objectively should be in there, like Spectre versus Rector. I didn't vote for it because I was just going for the tracks which had actually ruffled my feathers. Indeed, indeed. There was some consensus, but those ones just got a, a little bit of love, a little bit of a mention, and it's easy to see why some of them are a bit spooky. But the first set of songs that we're actually going to look and rank by spookiness are um, Theme from Era Aurori, Eat Yourself Fitter, Smile, Rod, Hard Life in the Country, Chino and Riddler. I'm going to play you a little bit of all of those, so sit back and relax for a few minutes, and then we will rank the heck out of them.
Yeah, it's like, it's a bit sort of uh, reedy, John. Steve's here. All right, Steve. All right, mate. Bit How are you doing? There. Not right. bad. Bit croaky. We went to see some German tech trazor in Berlin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I recommend nice. it. If you want a, want a bit of German tech now, you know. Your proper nail stuff, isn't it? Hypnotically, it beat you into submission. Nothing works as a better hangover cure than a bit of heavy, hard-edged, scurry fall. Oh, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> here we go, Steve. Go for do your best, Vincent Price. The machen, yeah. Action. Second Dark Age. Arthur Macken of the great god Pan. The minutes passed slowly. They could hear a slow, heavy ticking. There was an old clock in the passage. Clark felt sick and faint. His knees shook beneath him. Suddenly, as they watched, they heard a long, drawn sigh. Did the color that had vanished return to the girl's cheeks? And suddenly, her eyes opened. Clark quailed before them. They shone with an awful light looking far away, and a great wonder fell upon her face, and her hand was stretched out as if to touch what was invisible. But in an instant, the wonder faded and gave way to the most awful terror. The muscles of her face were hideously convulsed. She shook from head to foot. The soul seemed struggling and shuddering within the house of flesh. It was a horrible sight, and Clark rushed forward as she fell shrieking to the floor. Three days later, Freeman took Clark to Mary's bedside. She was lying, wide awake, rolling her head from side to side and grinning vacantly. Yes, said the doctor. It's a great pity she's a hopeless idiot. However, it could not be helped. And after all, she has seen the great god Pan. Fantastic. Great work there. Very spooky. And obviously, Mackin and the great god Pan pops up several what? times through the the falls over first thing we're going to do here is i'm going to throw out the name of the, um one of the songs and there's five levels of spookiness i put the unutterables right at the top that's that must that cannot and should not be named some hex inductions followed by oh, some yeah. sinister bends some witchy trials and then at the bottom wonderful and just a bit frightening so i'm going to ask our guests first and basically they get to choose and if anyone wants to counter that or add to it feel free it's going to be a bit of a free fall so leon you're you're first up with eat yourself fitter what level would you put eat yourself fitter at i would go for witchy trials i think there's a presence in eat yourself fitter there is a malevolent presence but it doesn't it's not entirely horror so it would go somewhere in the bottom half. The video for me, yeah, the song itself's not that spooky, but the video oh, gives video. <laughs> those flies all over the face and drinking that sick. Yeah, the pink the pink goo dribbling out of the corner of Carl Burns' mouth is yeah, not not pleasant at all. All right then. Let, let's stick it down here in the witchy trials. Yeah, this is this this was near the top for me. One thing that the fall have always done really wonderful, Lee is sneak in like some subliminal backing vocals, whispers and croaks. 
rocks and whatnot. On Eat Yourself Fitter, that's the most devastating use of them. It did almost make me chunder when I heard it. It always reminds me of Goblin. You know, in the the soundtrack for uh, Suspiria, yeah. absolutely. Is that repetitive drum? It's like a sort of a tribal. That's it. Yeah, which sounds like a person <laughs> being hung upside down from the ceiling and then like smacked with planks of wood. Disturbing number in the slightest. I think it's if anything, it's funny. It's yeah. a foul. Very keep, tough. I'm keeping it where it is. But it's uh, you made a good good point, Pip. What do you think of theme from Error or Rory? Where would you put that one? Well, I was I really enjoyed listening to that then because it's it's been a while since I've heard it. Uh, it's a great tune, but the thing that really sticks with you is funky size rhythm, which is absolutely brilliant all the way through. It just carries it all the way through. But no one's ever going to accuse Funky Sai of hammering someone to death. Uh, the, he's a he's a beautiful drummer. He's he's not a thuggish John Bonham or or Ringo Starr, is he? So I again, I'm going to kind of put this towards mm, yeah, Witchy Trials probably for me. This one we met Funky Sai before the play, and I think he should change his name to Lovely Sai. Oh, <laughs> that is all. Um, anyone want to jump in on theme from Error or Rory before we move yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, I think this one is by far the scariest one because it sounds like Mark Smith's got a tambourine in his hand and he could be walking around the stage, twatting it back around the around the back of your head. And you, you'd have your hands full of guitar, like you can do. So it's it's a scary one because it's, it's weaponised. I agree with Alistair there. I think it got that vibe of, you know, someone dragging some kings around the floor. You know, it's got, it's got a visceral sound to it. I'm moving out one. Yes. Next up is Smile. Steve, where, where would you put Smile? I'm pushing towards X-stroke unutterables. It's got a lot of menace, hasn't it? On the face of it, literally, no pun intended, maybe a pun intended, on the face of it, a smile's like a happy thing. But it's obviously just the very sinister end of the smile spectrum, and it's like, smile, smile, it's almost like torturing somebody and saying, smile, you will smile. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like, smile, do you? I totally agree with you, Steve. It doesn't just get its fingernails under your skin, yeah. it gets the tip yeah. of a filleting knife, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like a it's serial like, killer in action. It's a it? serial killer, you want you to smile, will it? Finish you off, you know, after many days of forced uh, to smile in the harbour yeah. circumstances. It's like the smile of the Joker as well, isn't it? It's it's so menacing. Yeah. I'm yeah, I think yeah. it gives a tough look. Yeah. I've said yeah, before, well, I think it's the most menacing of all four yeah. tracks. Uh, you know, the cliche, it's funny because it's true. I think in uh, the case of the fall, the ones that Hit me are the ones that are scary because they're true, and Smile is definitely one of them. And so I'm right behind you there, Brendan. Yeah. All right, we've got a few more. Um, Al, where would you where are you putting Rod? Realm of God. Nice surf song. There's nothing scary about that. It's dusky. It's a bit frightening. I'm, I agree with Al. Yeah. You don't you dominate with frightening crazy. It's a sweet tune, and uh, it is dusky, but not necessarily in a spooky dusk way. So yeah, fair enough. What about Chino? This came up, but it came up a few times. Surprisingly dark vibe to it, but also a lot of lyrics about death and loss. Been trapped in a hospital. That's reminding me of that Jimmy Savile documentary. <laughs> Halloween. Where would you put Chino, Leon, in this uh, list of rankings? It deserves to be at least Sinister Bends or above. Okay. For the, just that feeling of being ill and stuck in a hospital, you know, drafting the corridor. 
you know, risk of slipping on the floor. He does slippy floor, doesn't he? But the two tracks cross over a bit on the album. So, yeah, I think there's genuine fear in that track. Some dread. And then Riddler, which is interesting, none of the gang voted. This was the one on social media that kept coming up. A lot of people said this and said it was a very dark, gothic kind of riff. It kind of is. Why does it say Riddler here? Or the fall of goth. Band. Ah, it's a good question. That you... There's got food DNA in there somewhere. Let's have a bit of a listen to Chino and Riddler. Strong start. This was an actual example of the operational experience. When the dog at first was going out with the facts, that's why you're here. Medicine and Macabre. I'm, I'm putting Riddler somewhere in the middle, probably Sinister Benz. I think if it was in other company, it'd be higher, wouldn't it? Um, I was just thinking, like you're saying about how sort of Friday you find these songs. I think maybe Briggs would find Don't Call Me Darling more threatening. Context to be saying that as well. I would put Riddler a bit higher because of the, you know, the mind-bending paranoia conspiratorializing that's going on there operation mindfuck and all that and just the people wandering around calling each other riddler and you don't know why it's very prisoner-esque also the music is pretty dank to me there's a there's almost like a, a an underlying conversation going on here about the different different kinds of horrors you are because it's there's american horror which is all about jump scares and sort of and the, the horror that sort of when the door opens kind of thing and then european horror is all about atmosphere and that's sinister and the threat and all that kind of thing isn't it so i suspect some of us lean more towards the atmosphere thing and some of us are leaning more towards that slasher 80s blood everywhere kind of thing when you are young, you walk and react to us and you're scared. As you get older, you perhaps possibly get more sophisticated atmospheric European type stuff, don't you? But you're more in a place. European stuff. Mm-hmm. Only with the surfiness and swanginess of Riddler, whether it airs more on the side of the jump scare, bit Jules 3 rather than, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good analogy, yeah. Hard Life in the Country is one of my favourites. It is a proper, malevolent folk horror tune. Pip, what are you putting in it? 
right at the top. I thought that and Smile are terrifying. Smile is very, very similar, like with the guitarist to Riddler. If you, if you listen closely. I agree. Hard life. Yeah. The music's dissonant, but then the, the song itself is really menacing. The lyric and t- it's a really good story. Talking about um, hard life in the country, I'd say it's sort of stable, mate. Country flow. Yeah, the countryside so much of that's a bit menacing. If I think of it in that way, that sort of desperation, hating being there. Yeah. Are any of you familiar with the story of? Marky Smith when I think he was with Mick Middles or and they went to the Lake District and Smith started seeing all these you know ghosts appearing at, at the woods yeah so very uncomfortable in the countryside you know if you had to Ezra where would you put Sleep Debt Snatches not officially in the rankings I'm... Uh, Sleep Debt Snatches also unutterables because one of the most terrifying things that I've ever experienced is not being able to sleep and describes that beautifully. It almost kind of, it kind of reminds me of Nightmare from Elm Street because you have this almost fairy tale like jaunty kind of introduction and then this kind of descent into the the jarring, grinding netherworld of just not being able to sleep. Yeah, it's fairly terrifying. A very good call, I'd say. It's a long dark night of the soul and all that. Pip. If you don't mind, i got something for you to read here. It's a weird tale, the kind of which you are uh, very fond of. Eight wide for dog breeder, in the town of the port, a never seen dog breeder. This is the tale of his replica. Name was Jay Temperance, only two did not hate him. Because peasants fear local indifference, pet shop. One night vet is called out from his overpaid leisure to temperance household. Delivered, ran out and phoned his wife in terror. The next bit is hard to relate. There are no readouts for this part of the track. The newborn thing hard to describe. Like a rat that's been trapped inside a warehouse base near a city tide. Brown, soft, purple eyes and fed with rubbish from disposal barges. Brown, uncovered. No changeling, as the birth was witnessed. Only one person could do that. Yes, said Cameron. And the thing was in the impression of Jay Temperance. His hideous replica, scrutinised little monster, disappeared through the door. His hideous replica. Very nice. That's quite a spooky, it's quite a weird tale, there, isn't it? One of Smith's most straightforward weird it's, stories. It's, it's also one where he's lifting directly from some of the tricks that people like Lovecraft and Macken and uh, Lord Dunsany and stuff would come out with. This sort of the next bit's hard to relate. It's unalterable. Oh, there's a bit missing here, like a Laguna from an old manuscript where the the, the text is kind of just ripped out. It is of that sort of thirties weird story his vibe the whole mixing animals with people island of dr moreau kind of stuff going on very creepy yeah and it's it's related often to the lovecraft story late arthur german and his family which um is an interesting story but pretty dodgy but also it crosses over to things like the dunwich horror the thing locked in the attic brilliant lovecraft the the lyrics of on uh, the green jelly song about green jelly i didn't know that's a reference to a craft story isn't it as well i'm really disappointed i thought it was a rod hull reference this was one of first but no it's it's lovecraft couples with jobless stuff with the green jellies someone will check us on this 
Ah. My good friend, uh, Tiny Tim Twire on the other side, has bought himself a synthesizer and has made us some tracks. I'm going to play a couple for you, see if you can guess which ones they are. Great guest, Leon. It's very similar to Blindness, but he's aimed for a different track. It's one we've already (laughs) mentioned today. I'll give you the clue of what he called it, Bleep Death Snatches. Uh, That doesn't (laughs) give too much away. All right. Let me play you a second one. That one's a little bit more easy us. to get. It's not what one about of us. us. It's a good try. I thought it was what about us first, but it's a figure of walks, isn't it? It is a figure yeah. walks. Oh. No. I love the way he's put that French horn preset through all the uh, distortion to get that really distinctive <laughs> voice timbre. Beautiful. What was he calling it in the chat? Is it Dungeon Core? Spigot Spurts. <laughs> Spigot Spurts is his thing. When he's calling it Dungeon Core, there is a genre called Dungeon Bro, are you still with us? Uh, yeah. You got any jokes for us about the fall at Halloween? We haven't spoken about Series 1 or 2 at all. Never mind Series 3. Gillian Anderson hasn't come up once. Here was a joke from uh, Chatbot. Why did Marquis Smith never go to the bakery? I don't know. Because he preferred his lyrics fresh, not half-baked, to In- say on the map. Intellectual gag, like it. Not very spooky, that, go- that joke, although it was... <laughs> the, all these songs so far have terrified me. <laughs> very good. I'll subscribe to Deadly Mass, spoof satire stories, the day if you've seen them. The one that popped up this morning was five bands you pretended to like to impress a man. <laughs> and what the top one was the fall. <laughs> it's just a man shouting. That's... What do you call a techno hangover? Banging head. Oh, very good. Very oh, good. That, that. Uh, Haley Shani's show was it w- worked very well, but what we didn't really focus on too much was the child labour that was employed during the show. So the Hanali Hall chimp testing facility went out its way to employ children for the performance. And one of them, a young lady called COCO, I hope I'm saying that right, um, has read a little section from the infamous Green Book of the Little Folk, written by Arthur Macken, Smith's favourite. And Smith was obviously a member of the Macken Society. Child labour. What's that? <laughs> Child labour and nepotism. What we do best. I went on into the dreadful rock. There were hundreds and hundreds of them. 
Some were like horrid grinning men. I could see their faces as if they would jump at me out of the stone and catch hold of me and drag me with them back into the rock so that I should always be there. And there were other rocks that were like animals creeping, horrible animals putting out their tongues and others were like words that I could not say and others like dead people lying on the grass. I went on among them, though they frightened me, and my heart was full of wicked songs that they put into it, and I wanted to make faces and twist myself about in the way they did. And I went on and on a long way, till at last I liked the rocks, and they didn't frighten me anymore. I sang the song I thought of, songs full of words that must not be spoken or written down. Then I made faces like the faces on the rocks, and I twisted myself about like the twisted ones, and I lay flat on the ground like the dead ones, and I went up to one that was grinning and put my arms round him and hugged him. Very nice. With the little folk right there, spooky stuff. It was a top job. Never we were children animals because they steal the show. But uh, I hope that she's not had too many nightmares after reading that. (laughs) (laughs) So we're on our next section, the next bit bit of ranking stuff. Now, these are songs that got a little bit of love but aren't in the real rankings. So if you want to comment any of these, please do. So Fiber Book Troll, Hip Priest. Only one person voted for it, so it's not good. It's not getting a vote. Autotech Pilot, Sing Harpy, Light Fireworks, Das Vulture, Hurricane Edward, Crop Dust, Younger Cloth, Leave the Capital, and the Last Days of Channel Fuhrer. Crop Dust has that horror. Mez does horror war imagery really well. So there's tracks like Free Range, Tommy Shooter, Bremen Nath, Molluskin Tyrol, which all have horrific. Skyscraper tall Germans in great coats, that sort of imagery, World War II imagery, which is always pretty horrific, I would say. Like reality, isn't it? Horror of reality, like what Ezra was saying, is it or in those tracks? Uh, Younger yeah. Cloth as well has got that real psychedelic kind of reading of Mikey Smith seems to be seeing all kinds of strange stuff in a you know, maybe in a sentence and you know, the, the describing how the J looks in the letters on a page and that's kind of, you know, the deeply psychedelic horror, I would say. Yeah. I think so. Very much about the lines between fiction and reality getting blurred mm. and magic and things. Yeah, in between yeah. sleep and waking up and going, I think a lot of this does depend on context and how you feel it and what you've been experiencing because Days of Channel Führer is, well, we'll put it at the top of the minute because I'm in Berlin and went to the Jewish Museum. It was at the top of my scary list. <laughs> For me, a lot of these tracks, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them are actually good times music. For me, which I'll put on at a picnic or when a, when I feel like a party or a gathering needs a bit of get up and dance to it. Like, you know, I like to stick on a bit of Hip Priest and yeah. cut some rope. I'll come to your party then. <laughs> Obviously, a priest being in Silence of the Lambs has connected it indelibly in the minds of a lot of people. But for me, it, it's not a spooky song outside of that. No. The ones that are going to be voted on are New Face in Hell, Lucifer over Lancashire, Sinister Waltz, Kinder of Spine, City of Goblins, Hotel Bloodell in Iceland. So let's uh, relax and let's have a listen to some of those. Thank you. 
of deceitful type proportions.
steel object was fired, and I did not feel for my compatriots. Hated even the core of myself. Not a matter of ill health. It was fear of weakness deep in core of myself. The fact attainment was out of. One thing is was very clear. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> We're not yeah. going to run out of spooky fall songs anytime soon. Strong field, though. Indeed. Hey, you know what? You say, I, get in there. Right, well, <laughs> it's like you do this every time, Brian. Right? You fight. You right? You stick all the ones that you know that I'm not going to like. You stick them in the same <laughs> group, and then you know that I'm going to have a whinge. These are scary. Oh, New face yeah. in hell is like a, just it's, good. It's a job. Terrifying. All of these. A bit frightening. A bit frightening. He's obviously <laughs> got a, a high level of uh, <laughs> diet of pies. Immunity. Immunity or whatever to, to, to horror there because I don't think I don't know I've told, I've told, I'll, I'll agree with new faces I love, the, I love the kazoo so much you can't help but smile when the kazoo comes in do you find the velvet underground scary yeah it's no vibrations it's not but wait the only thing that's scary about a new face in hell is that I might twerk if I hear it <laughs> Ezra what about cool. Lucifer over Lancashire then come on surely the Pendle witches. Put Same, actually. It. Yeah, it, it's just party music. There's, there's, it doesn't even flicker on my hauntometer. It's a good dance tune. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a bit too jaunty to be <laughs> truly terrifying. It would have to have much darker lyrics to be terrifying if it's because it's so jaunty in the tune. Yeah. Tonight's enigma: monster parties proved so upsetting. Most experts refuse to speak with us. Let's have a, a bash of some kind. That's a Mr. Show sketch called Monster Parties Fact or Fiction, where they interview people about like the monster mash and they go to graveyards and they see vampires dancing. And um, it always, when I hear these silly kind of like these ones, they sort of like it. Most of these are in the silly kind of end of, of scary, I think. And that's, I always think of yeah. that one. So, I'm thinking it's all too serious. So we're putting, so we're putting Lucifer Lancashire towards the bottom in terms of scurs. We'll put it down with the witchy trials. It sounds like a BBC Three show. <laughs> it does. Holmes with Lucifer. Leon, what do you reckon to Sinister Waltz? It doesn't strike me as being one of particularly scary, no. (laughs) It's got the nice electronic, but no, no, I'll put it pretty low. It's a funky side one. I I believe so, but I can't. But Dave Bush, Dave Bush and Funky Sai. Possibly, but it's going down at the bottom. It's really, it's really that has to go under Sinister Ben's door. I mean, the clue is in the title. Mm. Rito, Rito Corleone. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta disagree here. I, I think this one's terrifying. My grandfather told me that sometimes when you take too much hallucinogenic drugs, you feel like you're trapped in a kind of a stained glass window. And that song certainly sounds like someone's trapped in a stained glass window that's playing like bossa nova preset rhythm on a cheap synthesizer and there's this guy going oh he must come down i think it's actually terrifying and should be in the unutterables <laughs> that's convinced um, me to put it a bit higher <laughs> it always reminds me this of when doctor who used to be scary 
it's, it's got that really sinister synth sound it's that three four thing which always it either makes it jovial or off kilter and it's definitely off kilter in this one the devil's music isn't it okay how about kinder of spine <laughs> it's a later one isn't it the, 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 when his boys would become a lot yeah. I, I like the song, but it sort of takes away from it because it's trying harder in this one, I think, than he has, than he has in when he's younger years to be scary. It's more subtle if you're on him. I like the song, but it's a bit more of a, the jokier side. Fair enough. Any any counters to I'd be scarier if I didn't laugh all the way through it when it was mm. on? Some people are very scared of spiders, so you know it's the reality being scarier again. than a fiction thing again. I'm not going to die on this hill, but. I think Hotel Bloedel and the vocals of the ghost sort of thing, a ghost of a young woman who was wronged. There's something very spooky, not just about the, about the words, but also the music, I'll give you that. And, and obviously those kind of noises in there. So where are you putting it then, Steve, Hotel Bloedel? I would put it in induction myself, but right. it's very controversial. So. No, no, I w- I would, I'm with you on that one. I would I would push it further up towards the top. Yeah, I reckon it's more Daphne du Maurier. Like, it, it's a fantastic song, and no mistake, and it's certainly haunted, but it's not actually scary it's just kind mm. of it's just got that yearning spooky i think you're right i'm probably like you know, i went to see frank skinner another big fall fan the other night in halifax and he did a joke that involved Catherine linton in wuthering eyes when she's banging on the window let me in let me in and yeah. all that so it's, it's that kind of vibe as well i get that too i get the the kind of wuthering eyes the kind of um Gothic. There's there's something gothic and menacing kind of in the background of that song. Um, we voted it out sadly. I think it was one. It's one of my favourites, but uh, I get it. I get it. But I'm going to put it with Hex Inductions, although I'm, I'm somewhere between the two. So what about City Hub Goblins? The world of finance is pretty scary. True. It's music for, for dancing for me. I've never thought of it as being horror. You know, the Hobgoblins are, you know, a metaphor for something else. So Gang was a bit in Spinal Tap, isn't it? Where uh, the dancing around Stonehenge. It's a little bit silly. All right, it can go down at the bottom then. It- isn't it based on, isn't it come from a, a Manchester street gang? Maybe. I know Psycho Mafia did. It used to be like a gang in the 50s and 60s and 70s okay. around Salford, Manchester, City Hall. Nice, Hall. nice. How about Iceland and last one in this batch, Pip? Where, where would you put Iceland? Hmm. Well, I think it is a truly uh, a hex induction. This one, it, what you described as haunted. You used to describe something as haunted before. I think this mm. definitely is, isn't it? This is like... Uh, the best story M.R. James never wrote, really. You can hear the uh, the wuthering that goes on within the track and the the under the all the, the mythology that's kind of wrapped around it. It all it's all in the record. It's all in the track. You can you don't need to hear the stories to know just effective the tune this is. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's right near the top for me. Yeah, I agree with you. But is it a horror story? Is it a ghost story? I don't feel like it is. You know, that's my thing. Like. It, it's got the kind of luminescent lime green. Let me let me throw it right back at you. Is a ghost story a horror story? 
maybe it's a yeah, ghost story. It's not a scary ghost story. It's magical, is evocative. You, you yeah, know, it's like a magical. like a Europe song or something, isn't it? You know, it's not. If we're ranking things on scariness, I wouldn't put it particularly scary, but it's definitely there's a lot of magic in it. I think what helps make it more scary is when I think of Iceland. The pictures I've seen of it, the beautiful bleakness. You know, imagine getting lost out in the Icelandic countryside, never coming home, kind of thing. It took me by surprise. I've never really thought of it as scary. I've always thought of it as incredibly atmospheric, and I feel like I've been to Iceland when I haven't, you know what I mean? But yeah, I can feel the fear. I sense the kind of dread in the background of it, and I think what was interesting that maybe it's really subjective, this one particular, if you approach it and it's like, oh, it's beautiful and it's magical and it, this wonderful open spaces, but if something in you is scared of those things as I am, I'm like, that's terrifying for me to be in this bleak, dark, you know, potentially hostile environment. Jack's up there with pet sounds or something for music for relax. Just beautiful as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the beauty of it. Get nothing but joy from it. I was just going to say that Iceland is a popular discount retail store in the UK. It surely is. Yeah. Eric Katona well, yeah. represents it. Maybe right. it should go up a go yeah. up a step because because of the cheapness <laughs> of the prawn rings. Yeah. Um, Do you have any more fall-based Halloween jokes for us there for us? <laughs> Why was Craig Scanlon the guitarist's favourite golfer? That doesn't even make sense as a sentence. <laughs> because he could always hit the fall line straight down the fairway. A lot of them, a lot of them, the punch line has the word fall in it. Well, I think that one needs a bit of workshopping, but it's got potential, you know. Here we go. It's quiz time. I'm going to tell you the line from a song, and you have to tell me what um, what song it's in. Now, I tried this in the Christmas one. I abandoned it after two rounds because nobody got any of them. But I've oh, got God. fingers crossed that we've got some <laughs> got someone in the room who can Google quick enough. How about this one? There's a ghost in my house. There's a ghost <laughs> in my house. Very good. That was an easy one. How about this one? The brown monk ghost will catch us. Uh, in the park, right? Very good, very good, Ezra. One point. Oh, very good. All the film ghosts will rise up. Rise of the film ghosts. <laughs> That's as good a guess as any. It's a song that only appeared on Total's Turns. Harry mm, Grant's Wedding. Good try. New Puritan. Very good. Ghost dance, right, tepid. CNCS Mouthering? No, it's a song that was mentioned. Oh, very good, very good. Pine Leaves is in Pine Leaves is in yeah. here, but it's not Pine You're Leaves. So it's close to a fire. <laughs> on fire, because the answer is incorrect. But Roy <laughs> Say what you see. Yes. It's um, good, but it's not right. <laughs> it bust ghost dance right tech second dark age. The people are shouting at the screen now, it's second dark age. Um, Leon. The line folding out with ghosts is from Pine Leaves. So uh, you can have half a point for that. Friend of the show, Rob McLeod, he's gone off to Barcelona, so he couldn't actually do a reading for his in his fantastic radio voice, but he has sent me a reading. And see if you can work out what it is. It is fall adjacent, shall we say. <laughs> my spectre around me night and day, like a wild beast guards my way. My emanation far within weeps incessantly. For my sin, a fathomless and boundless deep. There we wander, there we weep. On the hungry, craving wind, my specter follows thee behind. He scents thy footsteps in the snow, wheresoever thou dost go. Through the wintry hail and rain, when wilt thou return again? Dost thou not in pride and scorn fill with tempests 
all my morn, and with jealousies and fears fill my pleasant nights with tears. What transgressions I commit are for thy transgressions fit, they thy harlots, thou their slave, and my bed becomes their grave. Never, never I return, still for victory I burn, living, thee alone I'll have, and when dead, I'll be thy grave. To end thy cruel mocks, annihilate thee on the rocks, and another form create, to be subservient to my fate. What, um, any ideas what that is in, and what song it might connect to by the fall? Felt yeah. like it connected to Psychic Dancehall, I've got no idea. Blake, yeah, yeah, by William Blake. It is indeed, it is my Spectre of Every oh, Night and Day God. by William Blake. So lots of fall connections, but obviously the one for me was the fact that it talks about my Spectre follows thee behind. For me, more uh, a figure walks behind me. I think uh, it's very oh. much about um, something uh, following you, something oh, mysterious, man. just like Nicolas Cage is doing to Ezra right now. So that was a proper American accent as well. And he likes him off the toilet. He's very good. Well, he's Canadian, actually, so he's doing his proper oh, accent. But Done it again. They'll get you. Oh, they'll get you, the Canadian. He's done, he's done wrestling announcing, so he's always good for, uh, for spooky stuff, <laughs> right? Get ready to rumble. Let's have a listen to a couple more of, of Stu's uh, fantastic synth tunes. Rector. Very good, Ezra. You're on fire there. Very, very good. Uh, John Carpenter kind of styled in that one, mm. which I like. That should be released as a single. Certainly That's should. We, maybe we can get some somebody to scat over yeah. it. Stuart, uh, rather in a rather puerile sense, called it Spectre versus Rectum. I don't think that spoils their enjoyment of the song. The joke really? I made at the very start of this episode in a rather precog fashion. Yes, well very good. Have a listen to this one. Very nice dungeon synth there. Anyone wants uh, to take a guess? Theme era horror? It is, is it theme, theme from, from some... He's called it theme from Balamori, which is, which is good. But theme for Error Aurori <laughs> is a great tune. I was actually thinking then when he was when it first started that he'd remixed our theme tune to the podcast. And I wondered <laughs> what could he, he, he should really do as a remix, shouldn't he? Stuart? He's very good. He's very good on the on the yeah. old uh, the old synth. Uh, Zazla froze. 
If you don't mind, I've got uh, one of Lovecraft's questionable texts for you to read, but it's a good one. It does connect a little bit again to the concept of a figure walking around a bit. Certainly. During the winter of the 1927 to 28, officials of the federal government made a strange secret investigation of certain conditions in the ancient Massachusetts seaport of Innsmouth. The public first learned of it in February, when a vast series of raids and arrests occurred, followed by the deliberate burning and dynamiting under suitable precautions of an enormous number of crumbling, worm-eaten and supposedly empty houses along the abandoned waterfront. Uninquiring souls let this occurrence pass as one of the major clashes in the spasmodic war on liquor, but I was not to reach my destination without one very strong impression of a poignantly disagreeable quality. The buzz had come to a sort of open concourse or radial point with churches on two sides and the bedraggled remains of a circular green in the centre. The structure's once white paint was now grey and peeling, and the black and gold sign on the pediment was so faded that I could only, with difficulty, make out the words Esoteric Order of Dagon. As I strained to decipher this inscription, my notice was distracted by the raucous tones of a cracked bell across the street. The sound came from a squat-towered stone church of manifestly later date than most of the houses, built in a clumsy Gothic fashion and having a disproportionately high basement with shuttered windows. I knew that those horse strokes were telling the hour of eleven. Then suddenly, all thoughts of time were blotted out by an onrushing image of sharp intensity and unaccountable horror, which had seized me before I knew what it really was. The door of the church basement was open, revealing a rectangle of blackness inside, and as I looked, a certain object crossed, and had I been in a steadier mood, I would have found nothing whatever of terror in it. As I realised a moment later, it was the pastor, clad in some peculiar vestments doubtless introduced since the Order of Dagon, had modified the ritual of the local churches. The thing which had probably caught my first subconscious glance and supplied the touch of bizarre horror was the tall tiara he wore, an almost exact duplicate of the one Miss Tilton had shewn me the previous evening. This, acting on my imagination, had supplied namelessly sinister qualities to the indeterminate face and robed, shambling form beneath it. Very good, very good, Fraz. As someone who doesn't like the fall, or reading, or, or words, you did an excellent job there. Could have fooled you. I have to go in like five minutes, by the way. Good. My ears are going to be sick. <laughs> Um, so the next the next bit of ranking, uh, these are some dishonorable mentions that just got one one uh, shout out. Disney's Dream Debased, Mansion, Pine Leaves, Powder Keg, I Come and Stand at Your Door, Midnight in Aspen, Coach and Horses, 9 out of 10, Squid Lord, Serum, Last Commands of Xylothrep, and Hittite Man. Midnight in Aspen is just too beautiful to be scary, I think. Oh, totally, yeah, I totally agree with that. Last Commander Silo, was I the only one who voted for that one? Yeah. 
Disney's dreams did the best. It's got a fair shout for being a scary tune, considering it's uh, to be in scarier than fiction. Yeah, the story mm. behind that. Yeah. And and Squid Lord is one where he invokes Cthulhu pretty directly to attack the young lads who beat him up. Contains a real curse, doesn't it? The Squid Lord tune, because it basically wishes, uh, yeah, harm up. He, it's like properly an invocation. It's like, it's a spell. It's funny, I've been rereading uh, William Burroughs' City of the Red Knights recently and in the opening to that he does this big massive invocation to all these weird and wonderful creatures from mythology and stuff and it's uh, (laughs) you can can hear Smith leaning into that in uh, in Squidlaw County. Come and stand at your door is really spooky for me because about the idea of, of ghosts appearing at your house. I think they do a particularly spooky version of it. And s- similar for Pinely is when you when you know the kind of the vibe that's going on behind it. Very, very spooky song. Whereas Mansion is just it's, it's silly Disney haunted mansion stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting, you know, when you told us about this because, like, you know, I've just moved house and started a new job, so I could only really go for the tracks I remembered as being scary as well. That was the other scientific selection process. At the time, I was like, I'm sure there's something shit you're pantsing on uh, Levitate. And I'm sure there's something on Ben Sinister as well. And so, yeah, you know, there are all these songs that we left out. And that's good because this podcast will continue for the rest of human civilization, which isn't that long. I think we'll have a couple more Halloweens anyway. Oh, easy. Horror of Levitate comes from the thought of what it must have been like to be in full at the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the rankings for this round are Impression of Jay Temperance, All Leave Cancelled, I'm a Mummy Before the Moon Falls, Jawbone and the Air Rifle. So let's have a little bit of a gander at those. Yeah! 
to go, but I'll leave you with this joke. Why did the zombie refuse to eat brains on Halloween? Preferred impressions of Jay Temperance, a more refined taste. Bye. What's feeling that? impressions or leave can sign my mummy before the moon falls jawbone impressions of jay temperance leon where, where would you put that pretty high unutterable i think right near the top one of you know his best depictions of a monstrous creature which is you know birthed through some hideous you know, act unspeakable act right when he uh, describes his monsters so it's got to be up there yeah terrifying the moment where he says it and the thing was in the impression of jay temperance is the most melodramatic maybe they they ever got gives it the full delivery expressive it's definitely a weird story isn't it it definitely belongs in this chart it's one of them weird things that doing this podcast does to you you start hearing these tunes in different ways and now all i can hear when the tune comes on is it's it just takes a bit of the horror you down a little bit i don't think it's quite sort of the horror of smile stephen king's got this thing about describing horror hasn't he about hearing the noise outside then there's a knock at the door and then the door opens and you see the horrible thing this is like a knock at the door but i don't think it's quite the uh the horrible thing yet it's real hammer yeah. it, it's grand you know i feel like there are tongues and cheeks uh, it's fantastic, but um, it's the blood of Dracula. It's campy. <laughs> the man who knows his Hammer Dracula films, I, I'm respecting that. He, he knows his Hammer horror. 
That's the one where he gets trapped in the hawthorn bush at the end, isn't it? It's Peter. Probably the last ones of all the Hammer ones are Dracula, Frankenstein, whatever, 1986. It was always the time slip that was the last nail in the coffin, right? I did a throne of blood, Vincent Price. Yeah. You know, a failed Shakespearean actor. Oh, he kills Critics in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen it. Is that good? I'm a fan of All right. But um, for me, I think it's a really great story, but it's, um, I guess, even like Shadow of Rinsmith, if you read it, it, once the fish people start appearing, you can't really, it's not really that scary. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's actually more of a, it's, it's actually his only action story. Because yeah, he goes on the run, doesn't he? It's a big it's chase like, sequence, yeah. right? Theatre of, theater of Blood, the film's called. I got oh, it wrong. Theatre of Blood, of blood okay. of course it is, yeah. yeah. I'm a mummy. No, that's not scary at all, is it? No, it's too, it's too funny. Very scary. Alistair's favourite, though. Alistair, tell us about I'm a mummy. Who did the original one? Uh, Rob McFadden. Well, he did somebody else who was famous. He did, it was like some Pumpercats. Oh, Snarf. That's yeah. it. You know, mummies are scary, aren't they? Everybody knows that. Boris Carroll, I think, is quite famous for being a mummy. More mm. mummy was lovely. <laughs> Shut up, you fuck. Let's find the mega condenser. <laughs> I'm saying that too. <laughs> Um, great uh, Thundercats outtakes I'm a mummy I didn't even make a picture for it but it's not scary it's going down at the bottom phones have some up for the kids at Halloween you know that's <laughs> exactly. I'm a mummy exactly. is one for the kids it is I was listening to this just earlier cooking my dinner my head went off on a bit of a tangent and so if any of you gents completely disagree here I was thinking back to the original kind of wave of black and white horror in America like the universal flicks and I was like yeah, you know, like Creature of the Black Lagoon, Dracula, Frankenstein. Back then, like, the horror films were about things that weren't actually all that scary. But I suppose they were at the time. But what I mean by that is, like, things like communism, homosexuals, Red you know. The these were all things that could be scary, that a lot of the people who were involved in making those films were actually from communist countries, were actually maybe practicing homosexuals or deviant in the eyes of the the current kind of society that they were in. Yeah, that's kind of what this song is about. And what Mark does, which is so good, which really makes the song, is that he's playing with his reputation, right, as being like, you know, a complete fucking lunatic but this song is directly from that era in that scene isn't it it's, it's something Matt Fisher picks up on in the book The Weird in the Eerie when he's he's on about how the weird story it really comes out of the existential trauma of the first world war and that if you watch Gods and Monsters which is about James Whale I, I, I think he directed that first Frankenstein movie there's a lot of references to gas masks as being uh, uh, this kind of scurry monster that comes out of the fog and there's lots of references to the to no man's land when you look at the way that a lot of the Frankenstein's monsters kind of framed and that so there's a really good book isn't it by Eugene Thacker where he talks about the, the relationship between horror philosophically and horror as a metaphor and the way it gets used in popular culture before the moon falls how spooky is it it's a proper spooky story for me it's like an Emma James story it's one of those things that if you get the mood right I think it can uh, can be quite 
worrying. So for me, it's a bit of a hex induction. The melody is nice. quite scary, isn't it? Even if you were listening to the words, the melody is quite sort of sinister. It's empowering, like a like an MC5 track. Nothing scary about it. It makes me want to go and shoot politicians or something. <laughs> You've got a high tolerance to this, this scariness. <laughs> While we're on this one, I figure walks is definitely... I That's mean, it. like you were saying about temperance, I, was, I think it probably shows in a bit too much. doesn't leave quite enough to the imagination for it to be truly scary yeah I don't know, cagoules are quite scary aren't they when you get a cagoule so and it's a bit sticky on the inside and you can't quite yeah. see around the back of you very niche phobia you've got there that figure walking behind you i did this week it's super weird so i sat on the couch and i was playing guitar and i felt i thought i thought i was wearing a hat and it'd fallen off because it brushed down my back i felt a hand brush right down my back and I looked around and there was nothing there at all. That kind of idea of something being behind you, and especially on a mm. dark and stormy night, is terrifying yeah. for me. So although I, I with Leanne, I'm with you. I think the song itself is shows its hand a bit too much. It's like, this is a spooky song, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like, but it does resonate with me. That would be both scary and disappointing to hand down your back because you probably think you're on a promise there. Yeah. Long um, fingernails are scary as well, aren't they? Dirty fingernails are awful. Blood soaked. Fingernails in general, just the, yeah, the, the human body and, in all of its And forms. human hair. Human hair is another <laughs> weird thing, isn't it? It just grows out of your head, but it doesn't in my. I mean, if you think about it too much, you know, you'd go insane, wouldn't you, really? You fingernails and hair. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, what about Jawbone and the Air Rifle? It fits neatly for me again in that weird tale. It's a bit silly. Can I jump in with defence of that? Just listening to it in this context of this theme, this show, I think it's scarier than I thought. I think because it's, it's, I can believe it, it sounds like it really happened. You know what I mean? It's, he described it so well, the infertile spouse and sort of quite dark uh, themes like that. But Rob, who does the tour, uh, the fall tour at Pressure Shots Fest a couple of times, he took us down to the graveyard behind the church and references that in the song as well. So it feels real to me. It feels like it mm. happened in Presswich. 200 years ago. So I think the otherwise, the book, time has got the better of us, so we won't be able to dig into it too much. And that has the same similar kind of vibe. It's someone very steeped in the television and movies of these kind mm. of weird tales. It, you, you would Tell definitely me. have that as a, one of the Hammer 70s TV shows Tales of the Unexpected Twilight Zone kind of thing Again it kind of suffers a little bit for me knowing where the music comes from and that Run Rabbit thing at the start which is Mm -hmm. I guess in other circumstances sometimes you hear like a bit of a mundane song against a horror setting it it works but I don't know it's it's a bit too jovial for me the the start of this but yeah yeah, it's a great story and it is it's, it's like one of those true crime stories isn't it it's like the kind of thing you'd see somebody reading on the bus yeah. Very, very, very quick bit of fall trivia. Pretty sure Frank Skinner said it's his favourite fall track. Okay. He didn't mention it the other night when I saw him doing stand up, but anyway. It's a fun one for sure. Trivia. It was the theme to his chat show. He also did that fucking god awful version of whatever song it was with David Baddiel. Oh, yeah. yeah. What song are we talking about here? Jawbone. Jawbone. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Ezra, are you up for tag team inspector versus rector with me? We'll do a I am. couple yeah. of lines each. Part one, Spectre versus Rector. The Rector lived in Hampshire. The Spectre was from Corazina in evil dust in the air. The Rector locked his doors. Part two, detective drives through Hampshire, stops because of the fog there and thinks a visit to the Rector. And meanwhile, ah, meanwhile, Spectre possesses Rector. Rector becomes Spectre. Sludge high, Choi Choi, enter Inspector. Even as he spoke, a dust devil suddenly arose and struck him. Part 4. Detective versus Rector. Detective versus Rector possessed by Spectre. Spectre blows him against the wall, says, Die, wretch, this is your fall. I've waited since Caesar for this damn Latin. My hate is crisp. I'll rip your fat body to pieces. M.R. James, vivat, vivat. Yogg-Sagoth, Ray Meland, Van Greenway, R. Corman. Scene five, comes a hero, soul possessed, a thousand times. Only he could rescue Rector, only he could save Inspector. And this hero was a strange man. Those flowers, take them away, he said. They're only funeral decorations. And oh, this is a drudge nation, a nation of no imagination. A stupid man is their ideal. They shun me and think me unclean. I have saved a thousand souls. They cannot even save their own. I'm soaked in blood, but always good. It's like I drunk myself sober. I get better as I get older. That was his kick from life. That's how he pads out his life, selling his soul to the devil. And the spectre enters hero, but the possession is ineffectual. The last scene, hero and spectre walk from the scene. Is spectre banished forever? The inspector is half insane. The hero goes back to the mountains. He was an exorcist, but was exhausted. The rector is dead on the floor. We talked about Corazina. It's a series di directly referenced a total mythos that we dug into last week. And um, there's a suggestion on Earth 84 that it relates to Count Magnus, this one. Um, but I think it, it doesn't directly. Count Magnus is the one where I guess the, he's like a, a vampire ghost kind of it's a really nice tune and the way it's been done with all of the kind of abstract noises and things in there i was going to have us read a bit from the otherwise worth a read an interesting one but we're going to have to come back to that another time unfortunately um it is good lovely mandrake came to see me do church the falling bright when he lived there he was uh he was very very nice guy yeah, Graham, so Graham Duff and, and Smith wrote it. And then there's also bits in the book of uh, suggestions for the series if they ever got to do the 12 episodes. And I think Duff had a good hand in keeping Mark in check, but you can definitely see that a lot of it is is the kind of stuff that Mark touched on in his songs. It's definitely got a strong feeling. Of which is so oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he stands up. I think he'd make a good, uh, good. I think so. So this brings us to the last uh, little section of songs. So dishonorable mentions from Ghost in My House, Winter, Live at the Witch Trials, Various Times, Psychic Dance Hall, Fiery Jack, Second Dark Age, Medical Acceptance Gate, Hex and Definitive, and Lay of the Land. That is a great set of tunes, but they only got a little bit of love. 
for me, uh, Medical Acceptance Gate has been a true find in this show so far. I, I didn't know it before. Phil, what's the name of the story that it kind of alludes to? Well, the Smart Ghost, it's Labour story, which is, it's like the, the first urban ghost story. I was just thinking, actually, I, I really want to do this again next Halloween because there was a load of tunes that have come up in that bit where I've been thinking, oh, yeah, I would definitely vote for that, actually, next time. Yeah, so I yeah. think we should redo this again next year because i've got a better handle on it because medical acceptance gate is definitely one i would put on my list next year did you do all leave cancelled oh i might not have where would you i reckon you missed right near the top we've talked about songs what tell you too much this song tells you almost nothing it's got no narrative at all that you can follow it's entirely cryptic all the horror comes from the the sound mez is sick at the time he doesn't hide that in the song you can hear you know the phlegm in his throat and the rattle so all that you know weird moog noises going on if we're talking scariness full-on horror and the noises at the start that yeah. is like proper death metal like gurgling yeah. as well i mean i don't dig into mark's crystal in his last days but the thought when he just said he was obviously pretty ill at the time that, that makes it sort of you know um, so real that voice you know what I mean that's right what you were saying Colin you know I was thinking the thing that I like so much about Marky e. Smith is I feel like he tried to write a song for as many kind of phases of being and experiences mm-hmm. that he could have as a human being and that continued right up but here we've got the song that's about your whole fucking state <laughs> your whole coherence as a human being just completely falling yeah. apart kind of like that in the in the last period of, of the fall but i feel like all eve cancelled is really some very yeah. i can always count on you darren to tell us what you think should we have a, a vote on spectre versus rector bremen knacked and frightened they were the last three lots of people saying a lot of spooky stuff about that Dark room, you'd see more than you think. 
Raptor, Moses, Sis Raptor. A Raptor, Big Cubs, Spectre. A Sludge, Ancient, Joy, Joy, Song. Cubs, a hero. The Soul possessed a thousand. Mr. Aspinall, what do, you oh, reckon? Yes. what do you reckon to Frighten? Where would you put that in the list? <laughs> That's kind of a funny song, I think. Uh, so I'll put that fairly low down. Paolo, on a witchy trial, by any chance? I think it's the personal, again. I'd put it right at the top because, I don't know, I've, you know, when I've had anxiety problem, it's a great anxiety-inducing song. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes I don't listen to it enough I'm having an anxious period or right. depressive period. And like, also... It's the shock, almost, of realising that he was frightened. Like in Renegade, he says something about, oh, I can't do anything on the day of a gig. I mean, he's so nervous. And of course, he comes out, gives him the thousand-yard stare, and you think he's couldn't give a shit, you know. If you like it, like it, if you stay, if you don't, bugger off. But he obviously cared so much that he, he did get stage fright, almost. I've been persuaded. I'll move it up a little. I'll move it up to the sinister men's. It's the fool's uh, my mind playing tricks on me by the ghetto boys, isn't it? Isn't it frightened? Nice. Yes. <laughs> what about Bremen Naxthali, and where would you put that? Again, it's quite jaunty, and is uh, I think is slightly too easy to overlook the horror in the tune because there is that stuff about Smith being freaked out by this place he was playing, and then saying that he, he had bruises which were sort of fingerprint shaped on his thighs the next morning. Yeah. Uh, and again, the sort of references to the Holocaust in the war history. There, I think. I'm put it above halfway maybe hex induction oh it's very spooky for me it um the fact that this that you get some hint from the story but then when you like read into it more it's like uh you know it's a spooky spooky story pip you don't go for this kind of stuff do you <laughs> i know i put i voted for this one i think it's it's very spooky i, I don't know whether i would put it quite that high because it is really i mean like leon was saying at the start the tune itself is pretty rocking really isn't it but it, the more you listen to it and the more that you unpeel this horrible manifestation ghost story that sort of sat in the middle of it all with all these cultural connotations around it and especially um, Smithy's kind of uh, complicated relationship with World War 2 let's put it like that Bushwick Bill rest in peace what about the, the big one the one we've touched on a few times and they got mo the most votes pretty much everyone put it in their list Spectre versus Rector. Ezra, where would you put Spectre versus Rector? Trying to go for it objectively, I would put it at unutterables. I mean, the thing for me is that the first time I heard this tune, I was already like done the whole back catalogue of Scott Walker and Throbbing Gristle and Coil. So this kind of discordant guitar stuff. 
like you know i start listening to it and i think this is a banging track now i feel good you know (laughs) going back to the beginning like the tracks by the fall that i've heard that have always been the ones that have scared me have been ones like an older lover because it just hits into the reality of a certain situation and a certain feeling and it does it so artfully because of course it completely sidesteps the whole kind of question of misogyny and just goes for time over lust or whatever and just these very basic physical experiences that almost every human body goes through and to me that's terrifying specter versus rector is brilliant and yeah for halloween all right all the way to the top why not why it's not bru- i love the way it's produced and i love the way the guitars kind the, the guitars kind of emerge from the murk like you know lovecraftian tentacles excellent stuff yeah in other ways i think marky smith was going for it to be the top of a scary tunes list and i think he hit the, the mark in the target it's very tempting, isn't it, to go down the M.R. James path and, and talk about it in those terms. But when you, you think about stories like Haunter of the Dark by Lovecraft and the way that he describes darkness as having this presence and the way that it sort of encloses things physically, it's it's that really claustrophobic atmosphere that's there right from the start of the track and just intensifies. It's a very scary that if you sat on your own with the headphones on in a dark room there's no way it's not affecting you in some way it wouldn't be as half as scary if smith delivered it you know in the same way he delivers say new face in hell i think the scariness a lot of it comes from the production in the sounds and the murkiness and the separation between the instruments you know when i first heard it i was probably sort of 17 18 and i knew very little about other stuff you know just a big prince fan you know and uh just hear it you know hearing that and not even understanding what any of the mur- words meant or knowing who mr james or lovecraft was you know you still got all of that all of that sensation just through the visceral impact of the sound that band were making, you know, separate to any lyrical. Yeah, uh, yeah, the medium is the message as well, right? He's got a point across in in the audio, in the noises, in the melody, and the words. I think it's it's spot on, and even the the fact that the story is a little bit ridiculous, kind of ridiculous. It still kind of gets me in the same way that some of Mr. James does, like Whistling I'll Come and um. In the runes, is they're daft, but they're spooky. If you read them in a darkened room, they do they do chill. On a tangent, have you seen that film? Whistle and I'll come. Whistle and I'll come. Yeah, the, the BBC play for a day adaptation, oh, yeah, yeah, which has Michael Holden, that's some Paddington. I'll play us out with that, but let's have a listen to the last two of the tunes from Stu. Leon, thanks very much. Much Bye. appreciated. Thanks for inviting me. Nice to meet you, Leon. Thanks for coming again, Leon. All right, see if you can work out, work out where this one is. comes at the end that I think you'll know this but I just can't yeah he's called it British Grenadilia last one I think you'll know this one (laughs) 
Billy's dead. It is Billy's dead. He called it William's Corpse, which is good. Billy's dead, not a spooky song, but um, that a very nice tune there. So that kind of rounds it up. I'm going to play us out with Michael Horden reading from Or Whistle and I'll Come to You, a great M.R. James. To recap, we voted Smile, Hard Life in the Country, Inspector versus Rectorers unutterable the scariest fall songs and then following by riddler T- j temperance when all the moon falls all leave cancelled and bremen knacked and then down at the bottom we said that rod and city hobgoblins were just a little bit frightening i'll post the picture on social media and people can comment should they like Great graphic, that, yeah. thanks everyone for coming along thanks steve we may be back next week for a non-fall episode or maybe we won't who knows we'll have to talk about that but uh ooh, have a spooky halloween everyone cheers fellas and slight cold rain on this bleak stage at first no actor was visible then in the distance a bobbing black object appeared a moment more and it was a man running jumping clambering over the groin and every few seconds looking eagerly back, though his face was not to be distinguished. Its, it's face was made of... I saw it all right. Oh, thank heaven for that. Uh. Parkins. Uh. Everything's all right. Here, drink this brandy. It's idea of a ghost. Oh, keep off, I tell you. I'll see your face. At any rate... No! No! Help! Help! Somebody help me! Go, Scott! Let go, you filthy brute!